Hello and welcome to another episode of Thoughts While I Drive to Work. I promised you guys that this episode I had to do some studying for and also it required me to read a good deal of scripture. So um, I'm not driving to work. I'm currently <coughs> pacing in my garage. Um, you also have to bear with me for this episode. I believe one of the reasons we had trouble with a uh, previous episode is my new phone does not like it when I switch back and forth from my recording app and my Bible app. So I'm going to attempt to um, read out of my my paper Bible. Um, we're moving around a lot in the scripture. She'll just have to bear with me as I as I look up the scripture manually, uh, per se. So today, what we're going to be talking about is temptation. Um, had a question um, was pretty vague. Just asked me talk it. Talk about temptation. What do you know about temptation? So we're going to go through temptation. We're going to go with through um, what it is. You know, we're going to take a deep dive into what temptation really is. Um, why are we tempted? Who tempts us? Um, how does temptation manifest itself? And finally, what do we do about it? Um, can we escape temptation? Is it even something in our power? Um, what? Okay, so our first set of scripture verses we are going to go to is Psalms 51.5. That is not it. Psalms 51.5. And that says, Behold, I was brought forth <coughs> in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Now, before we talk about that one, we're going to then read another one here. Um, and that is Romans... 5.12 says, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, so death spread to all men, because all men have sinned. So in order to understand um, temptation, you have to understand that we live in a fallen world. We live in a world where there is sin, and we are born with a sin nature, just as the Bible says here, is that all have sinned. We have all sinned. There is nobody that has not sinned. So when we talk about temptation, is because we are tempted because sin came into the world through the fall of Adam. So there is no sin in the world. There is no death in the world, and we live in this world and so, ergo, we live in a sinful, fallen world, and we are tempted because there's sin in this world, and all have sinned. So, the world we live in is full of temptation, and the world we live in is full of, of sin. And so, <clears throat> now, if we live in a sinful world, and the Bible also says that we are to, to be set apart from this world. We are to be set apart from this temptation. Okay, so who is tempting us? Is it the world? Because we know we live in a fallen world. We live, we were born with this sin nature. So who is tempting us? And for that, we are going to look at Ephesians 6, uh, 10 through 13. Ephesians 6, 10 through 13 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in, he in heavenly places. And then after that, it goes on to <coughs> talk about um, putting on the full armor of God and talks into all the individual pieces. 
So what I really do think is one of my pet, my pet peeves is when people talk about and teach about the armor of God, they often skip this middle verse that talks about what it is we're putting on the armor of God for. What is the reason? Why are we doing it? Um, <clears throat> what, um, what is the, the plan? And here it, it, it tells us, because we're not fighting against men. It says in verse 12, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against cosmic powers of this present darkness, and against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. So let's go ahead and just unpack that just a little bit. Okay, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Okay, so that is saying this sin, this temptation that we need the armor of God to fight, it is not of this world. It is not flesh and blood. Um... Now, we could argue again that, you know, some people bring other people into sin and tempt other people to sin through their own actions, but we'll, we'll, we'll unpack that in a minute. So, it's not flesh and blood that we're fighting against. We fight against temptation. When we're trying to not be tempted, when we are trying to not fall into sin, we need to recognize that we are not fighting against a physical thing. We are not fighting against a flesh and blood person, okay? Um, moving on. But we are against the rulers and against the authorities. So we'll come back on that one because that one takes a little more unpacking. Um, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness. Okay, so what are the cosmic powers over this present darkness? So this present darkness is again talking about our earth. Which is a crazy thing to think about when it says this present darkness is our earth. Because again, we live in a dark and fallen world. So the cosmic powers over this present darkness. Um, you can go back and forth whether it's talking about Satan or, or demons. Um, I do believe it's talking about uh, demons here. Um, and then it goes on to say, oh, this present darkness and against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Um, and, that, and so if you look here, it's talking about, you know, it's describing um, demons in a couple different ways. Um, the spiritual forces of evil evil and the cosmic powers of in this present darkness we know in a lot of other places of scripture that just like angels have a hierarchy of you know archangels great angels so on so on and so forth um that demons have the same thing and here it's talking about different levels of demons you could dub and satan into one of those um if you wanted to and that's fine um because again he is just a fallen angel so that, that does jive. Um, and, you know, it's not one of these things that we can really put a 100% stamp on, but we also really don't need to. It talks about different people groups that are all obviously demons. Um, and so we can say with, you know, with fact, they are all demons. Whether you're saying there are um, one specific type of demon or a hierarchy of demons of different types, it does not matter. We can all agree that there are demons um, and move on from there. So we are, <coughs> excuse me, so... We're not wrestling against flesh and blood. We are wrestling against temptation by dark and cosmic powers and against, um, let me look at the wording here. Sorry, I'm a pacer when I talk. Against the spiritual forces of evil. Against spiritual forces of evil. It's crazy. Like, really, really think about what it's saying here. Spiritual forces of evil is what we are wrestling against. When we are being tempted, you are being tempted by spiritual forces of evil. Of evil, which is crazy to think about, you know. So when you really think about it, like you take, uh, you know, pornography addiction or, um, you know, any other kind of sin, 
saying no to it. Everyone's like, why don't you just stop? Or, you know, just saying no. Well, you know, you're literally struggling against demonic powers. That is what you are doing. And so you need to recognize that. And in so recognizing that where this temptation comes from, from literally spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places and against cosmic powers over this present darkness, um, you need to take into context what your enemy is. You know, know your enemy and you will know yourself. Um, you can't begin to fight something if you don't know what it is and you don't fully understand it. So going back to um, the authorities part there and saying how, again, how <clears throat> this is, again, it says we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. So I pointed out that that's not taught, that that is saying we're not fighting against something physical, something tangible. But then it says that we're fighting against the authorities and the rulers. So that is talking about earthly authorities and earthly rulers that are not godly. Okay, but you were, but you could say, oh boy, you just said that we weren't talking about anything physical. Well, hear me out, because we are not. So, a lot of people, you know, it is a temptation to do a sin that your government says is okay, that says is legal. Your government says it is okay to be trans. Your government says it is okay to kill children. Your government says it is okay for gay marriage. These are all things that your government says is okay because the leaders in your government have been get, have given in and been taken over by and led into temptation and allowed themselves to be led astray by these powers of evil in darkness. So that is why these laws have taken place in direct opposition to God. So again, it is not a physical thing we're fighting against because a law is just a law that is passed. You can tear up the paper, but it's still a law. So again, it is not really a physical thing you can fight in that sense. Because again, you are fighting against the temptation to give into evil laws and things that your government and your peers that are not Christians says is okay. The law says you can do it, but you as a Christian know you cannot. So again, it is still not a physical thing because it is, it is a law. It is an idea that has been passed and rectified and made normal. You know, apparently you can marry a Ferris wheel. And that's normal. Should you? No. I mean, imagine it keep you up all night with that constant turning. Who wants that? Okay. <clears throat> so, we now we have identified what is our problem here. What is, what are we fighting against? We know our enemy. Well, the trouble is, we only know about half of it. We know the location of our battle. The location of our battle being this fallen world. And we know our place because we are, well, sinners. We are born into sin and we can't really do a whole lot about being born into sin because, well, we're, we're born into sin. And we know who we're fighting. Well, there's one more piece to the puzzle here. <clears throat> and for that, we'll be in James chapter 1, starting in verse um, 13. Let no one says... When he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil when he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted, and when he is lured and enticed by his own desire, then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Okay, so, unpacking this. 
So let so this third person, this other person that's involved, we know our battlefield, this earth. We know ourselves. We are born into sin, and we have a sin nature. We have a desire to sin. We know who is tempting us. Things not of this world. Okay? But there's also us again. And so we can, this is really great because it also takes away somebody in this equation that we can blame for our temptation. People often say, you know, God, why does God let us live on this earth that is full of sin and full of temptation? You know, it, it's his fault. Well, it's, it's not. Starting in verse 12 or 13, let no one say when he is tempted, I'm being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil when he himself tempts no one. So again, God cannot tempt anyone with evil because he can't even look at evil. God cannot look at evil like when Jesus took all the sin of the world upon himself. The Father couldn't even look at him. He cannot tempt you with anything. He may allow temptation and he may allow struggles just like he did with with Job. But if you read on in, in James, it talks about, well, actually, if you go back some verses, I think, it talks about how your struggles when you there fought produce fruit. And, and having the, then your fruit, having its fullness, you'll be complete. So God does not tempt you, but he may allow you to be tempted so that you can fight through it and so that you can be stronger on the other side. Okay? So, and here it talks about, so it's going into, again, how we are tempted. How are we tempted? Okay, so verse 14 but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire okay so that part of this has lured and enticed by his own desire so you can plug in whatever your particular sin or temptation or um thing is there what is your desire um again i use the example of pornography um, because it is one very prevalent in men these days, and it is uh, one that people don't like to talk about. It. I struggled with pornography for a number of years, including the first year of my marriage, and I don't want other people to have that problem. So that is why I use it as an example, because I'm not afraid to talk about it, because men need to talk about things. So, okay, so let's plug that into our own desire. Um, again, here verse 14 but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire so when you are lured and enticed by pornography so that word lure the word lure is super important when you think of a lure you think of fishing right that's what i think of and so a lure is something you throw out there and it entices the fish you're like hey look at me over here hey i'm over here you know it doesn't it doesn't come to you it just throws it out there a little bit it's just there it's shiny you're swimming around like, hey, look at that shiny thing. And we were like, nah, 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 I don't, I don't want that. Maybe you're looking again in a few minutes and you're like, hey, look, look, it's still there. Yeah, maybe I'll just look at it for a second. And it says when you were lured and when you were enticed by your own desire. So it's always, I really love the song Slow Fade by Casting Crowns. They do an excellent job of showing how, you know, no man ever sets out to um, leave his family. They don't wake up one day and say, I'm going to leave my family. No, it starts off with maybe looking at porn. Then you start looking at other women differently. Then you start thinking, I wonder what she would be like. Then you start being discontent with what you have and your wife. And then before you know it, you're having an affair. And before you know it, you are leaving your wife. It is a slow fade when you are lured and you are enticed by your own desire. It's a, 
it's a grooming thing. When they talk about grooming, you think about like the fact when children are groomed by a pedophile. You know, they, children aren't just raped on the street. Sorry to use harsh language, but this is a serious matter. Um, some are, but most are not. They are, they are um, groomed. You know, this person will become their friend. This person will buy them things. This person will start by maybe just touching them on the shoulder. You know, little things until, until they get what they want from this child. And sin and temptation are the same way. They are the same way. They want to groom you into becoming this disgusting thing slowly and surely. So slowly and surely that you don't even notice it until you look back and you wonder, how did I come this far? Two years ago, I would have never thought that I would be looking at this. You know, I never thought, you know, you start looking at pornography. Every guy I talk to, they just look at, you know, I don't want to say innocent pornography. That's not really a thing. Maybe they just look at some pictures. Okay. Then they start looking at some videos. Okay. Then they start looking at, you know, more enticing things and more explicit things. And when that buzz wears off, and that buzz may not wear off for months, you may be find that new and exciting kind of porn, and you may be stuck with it for six months. And that may do it for you, but eventually, that'll pass. Eventually... You want something else new and exciting. And you'll go on and you'll go on and you go on and then all of a sudden you're looking at child pornography. That's new and exciting. That's something I haven't done before. That gets me my buzz. That gets me my high. This, this thing you're chasing, you're being groomed into this evil, worthless thing. Slowly and slowly and slowly. Nobody starts out just wanting to look at child pornography. But eventually, it can lead to that. And from there, (coughs) pictures and videos aren't enough. That's how this crap starts. It is a slow fade. When you are lured and enticed by your own sinful desires in this fallen world, in your sin nature, by demonic powers that you cannot even begin to wrestle with. Okay, it goes on. But each person is tempted when he was lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. Okay, so you have to remember here, there's a fine, fine distinction. There's a difference between being tempted and sin. There really, 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 really is. Okay, I've talked about this in previous podcasts. It says when he gives in to his desire, sin is born. Um, I'll read it again because I hate paraphrasing. Um, but each person, blah, 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 when desi- then desire, when it has, has conceived, gives birth to sin. Okay. So when it has conceived. So we are going to be tempted, even as saved men. Men and women, even as saved men and women, we're going to be tempted. And just because you can be like, you know, I have been clean from porn for years, for a long time. Does that mean I'm not tempted to look at it? No. I'm tempted almost every single freaking day. Still to look at it. Does that make me a sinner? No, it does not. Okay. Someone recovering from alcoholism. I guarantee you, they still think about drinking alcohol. They still have an occasional thought where like, man, I could use a drink. Does that make them a sinner? No, it does not. It is giving into the sin. It is giving into the desires. Now, if you harp on these desires, like say you're a murderer and you're reformed, but all you think about is how much you hate people and wish you could kill them. Well, that's, that's, that's sin, you know, cause that's unrepentant, 
um, desire in your heart where you still hate people and everything. But if you are just tempted and you pray to God and you do not give into that temptation, just the act of being tempted does not make, does not equal sin. It says, your desire when it has been conceived gives birth to sin. So conceived means when it's gestates, when you do something about it and you give birth and it is real and it is out there and you're holding it in your hands, you're looking at it on your phone. That is what it means. Okay. <clears throat> and sin, and so, then desire, when it, when it has... Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Um, so, again, when it is fully grown, it brings forth death. So we have given birth to this. We have given into it. We've given birth to it. We've given into it. It is an infant. And then it says, when it's fully grown, it brings forth death. So it takes a long time for an infant to become fully grown. Again, this is talking about this slow, degrading fade of sin. And of normalizing things you never thought you yourself were capable of. But you get ground down by it. By this temptation. By this trap. It's a well thought out strategy. It's siege warfare. Why storm the castle when the knights are strong? Let's starve them. Let's make them sick. Let's cut off their water. Let's belittle them from outside their bow and arrow range. This is siege warfare. Till they give in a little bit. You know? Till they give in a little bit more. A little bit more. And all of a sudden, they're opening the gates and letting us in. Again, it starts off slow. And when it is fully grown, it brings forth death. Okay? So, there are some cases where you could literally make the case, this is talking about physical death, depending on your sin. There's a lot of cases, well, you know, I can say giving into some forms of sin does decrease your likelihood of a long lifespan. You know, if you're sin and you're tempted to steal, well, there's a higher likelihood that you will be shot. Okay? You come to my house and try to steal from me and hurt my family, I will kill you. But if you don't come to my house and try to steal my things and hurt my family, there's no chance that I will kill you. Okay? Do you see how that works? Um, but more than likely, we're talking here again, again, is spiritual, eternal death. Separation from our Creator, who only wants the best from us. And again, you know, people can say, but how does God let us do this? It's because He wants the best from us. It's because a child that is given everything and never given the opportunity to grow can never serve their parent to the full capacity. And it is a disservice to the child, being us. We're not given the opportunity to, to overcome sin with God's help. We never grow. We never struggle. And then we never reach our true potential. And it's our true potential that can fully serve our God. It's when we reach our true potential. And then we give that service back to God. When we sing glory to God with the song of our lives, that is your goal. That is your purpose, but you cannot achieve it without struggle, without grit, without mud and blood and ugliness. And you have to go through it. You have to get off the spiritual milk. You have to talk about the hard things. And you have to deal with your own crap. And you have to ask for help. All the things that are scary and hard to do. Okay. I'm going to look at Genesis 4. Seven now.
This isn't the story of Cain and Abel. When it talks about the sin that Cain had just done. Second part of verse 7. It says that sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you. But you must rule over it. So again, sin is always there. It's crouching at the door. Crouching, right? At the door. Ready to spring. Ready to attack. Ready to devour. Sin is there. It's at the door. So when you say this, we're on the other side of that door. So it's not like, oh, sin got me again, man. I didn't see that one coming. No, you are the one who has to open the door. Sin is on the other side of the door. You're the one who opens the door. It's waiting there. It's crouching to devour us. But we're the ones who open the door. We are the ones who open the door. Okay, so I'm going to go to our last verse here. I titled this, so up until this point, um, yeah, what I've been talking about is probably very depressing, um, but it's real. And you may ask, so what, what can we do? And so that's where we're going next. Uh, for some reason, this is the only one I did not have bookmarked. Okay, here we go. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. One of the best verses, my favorite verses in the Bible. Okay. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with temptation, he will always provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Okay. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. Again, this sin, this darkness, this temptation that we find ourselves in, it is because of these things that this sin wants you to feel like you are by yourself. Like this is your own fight. It wants you to be ashamed. It wants you to be self-loathing. It wants you to be in a, feel like you're in a dark hall by yourself. But you're not. I mean, let's honestly face it. There are not that many types of sin in the world. They're really not. You know, I mean, there's different variations, but we could categorize it and come up with the categories. And there's really not that many, right? There's only so much evil you can physically do. And with the amount of people on the world, there's no way you can say, well, I'm the only one doing this. Um, that's, just, that's just impossible. So again, first part of the verse, no sin has overtaken you that is not common to man. So again, that means that there are other people out there struggling with the same thing you are. And if there's other people out there struggling with the same thing you are, there are people out there that have overcome it. Okay? Find those people. Find an accountability partner. Find someone who you can sit down with and say, I am struggling with this. Please help me. Tell them exactly what you're struggling with. And that will be hard. Own your crap. Admit your problems. Out loud to another human being. Own it. Admit it. Say it out loud. No sin is uncommon. There are other people out there. You are not alone. It says God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. That's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It says that God's faithful. He's faithful, meaning you're not alone. Not only are you not alone in the sin that you're doing, that there are people out there doing it, but God is faithful in the way that if you are saved, you are not alone. God is with you. 
God is with you. And so because of that, he will not leave you. We are the ones who leave him. We are the ones who open the door to the crouching sin that is waiting to devour us because we can't recognize that what God has for us is better in our depraved minds. God is faithful. God will not leave you. You are not alone. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. Okay, beyond your ability to say no. That means, that puts it squarely on your freaking shoulders. God will not let you be tempted beyond your ability to say no. So if you give in, if you open that door, whose fault is it? Is yours. You were not tempted beyond your ability to say no. You could have said no. God did not allow you to be able to be tempted. And that is, again, why we have a fair and omnipotent God. And he is sovereign. Because, yes, he allows you to be tempted, but he does not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. You have the ability to say no. You have the tools. If you are saved, you have the tools. You have the ability to say no. You know? Maybe one of these times we'll do a podcast on just my physical ideas on how to, that I give to my... um, my physical ways and ideas that I give to people I counsel on pornography, on physical ways to say no. That'd be a good podcast. But anyway, God gives us the ability to say no. So with that, there's a measure of power there, right? God won't let us be tempted beyond what we can bear, meaning that we have power over this temptation. I'm not talking about some mystical ether, um, use the force power here. No, I'm just saying that we have the will to say no. You are strong enough. Because God will let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. So you are strong enough with God's power. And again, that's the important part, is that God is sovereign. Again, here, blah, 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 blah. God is faithful. He is there with you. He's there to catch you. He's there beside you. He's in front of you. He's in back of you. He is with you. So when you're looking for this ability, when you're looking for this power to say no, because you are not tempted beyond what you can bear, you need to look to God. You need to look to God. Moving on. But with the temptation, because there will be temptations, he will also provide the way of escape so that you may be able to endure it. Okay? So he says, with the temptation. Because there are going to be temptations with the temptation. Again, just because we are saved does not mean that we will not be tempted to giving in to the temptation. That leads to sin. So, with the temptation... God will give us a escape so that we may be able to endure it. Now, it doesn't say that he's going to give us like the sword to vanquish temptation or the ability to destroy temptation. No, he was going to give you the escape. When you escape something, it is still there. If you escape prison, the building is still there. If you escape a kidnapper, the kidnapper, um, I mean, unless you kill the kidnapper in your escape, which is what I would do, because who wants to deal with that for the rest of your life? The kidnapper is still there, okay? So he provides you an escape because you're going to be tempted again. But it just takes that one victory. You know, I have guys ask me, they're like, hey, how do I, I want to go three weeks without pornography. How do I do that? I tell them, one victory at a time. Don't think about three weeks. Think about surviving the next hour. Survive that and then do the next one. And the next one, and the next one, and they get easier, easier. Build upon those victories. 
Okay, so it says, he will provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. So endurance. So you may be able to endure what is going on here. Endure your temptation. Because again, we live in this fallen world. We have a sin nature. That's not going away. We are literally fighting against powers of evil in this world, demonic powers that are going to tempt us. Guess what? They don't die. So they're around forever. So and their sole purpose is to attack you. So, like, <clears throat> in all seriousness, think about this. There is an army out there that you cannot see. That sole purpose is to attack, destroy, attack you, and destroy everything good in your life. That is their sole purpose. Okay? Like, take that seriously. But God will provide us an escape from that army. We may be able to endure it. Because life is endurance. You're going to have to endure it your entire life. Now, temptation may be easier. Temptation may be easier. It may be easier to say no. But I've often found that there are times that, you know, it's been a long time since I've looked at porn. And sometimes I think I'm good. I don't have to be gritty. I don't have to be tough. I don't have to take it seriously anymore. But I find myself being tempted hard. You know, it's when I... It's when I don't stick to my guns. It's like, you know, when the sheriff, he puts his guns away and he tries to be peaceable and then his whole family gets murdered. No, it's because he put down his guns. Don't put down your guns. Don't lay down your sword. Stay gritty. Stay hard. Stay being a man. And know that this temptation will be with you your entire life. But with God's power, you can endure it. You have an escape. You will not be tempted beyond the ability to say no. So stay gritty. Stay sharp. Stay frosty. You know, one of the things I tell people when I counsel them pornography is that they need to try to fast. Okay? I'm not thinking about any biblical sense of the term fasting. I'm not thinking of (coughs) health terms or health reasons to fast. I don't care about any of that. It is because fasting is one of the few physical things you can do that trains your mind that you have to physically say no to something that your body craves. You know, you would not go run a marathon without training for it. That is ridiculous. You cannot expect to be able to just say no to things that your body and mind crave. That, they, that your body and mind think are good for it. But you have the power over it to say no. Go 24 hours without eating. It's easy. It will not hurt you. You will not die. Just drink water. You will be fine. But it will train your mind. It will train you to have power over your mind to say no. I haven't struggled with pornography in years. I still fast. And I take it steps further. Because you know what? Just fasting, it's really easy to fast at work if I don't bring food. It's really easy to fast at work if I don't sit in the cafeteria and watch other people eat. But guess what? That'd make it easy. I wouldn't learn anything. So when I fast, I bring lunch. I sit it on the table in front of me. I sit in the cafeteria and I watch everyone else eat. And I smell the food all around me. And I see their happiness. They are enjoying their food. There's food literally less than a foot in front of me. And it looks good. And I haven't eaten in 20 hours. This would be great. My body tells me this is a good thing. But I can say no. I have the power to say no. And from that power gained strength. Okay, again, just a physical thing I do. To stay sharp. To say no to temptation. So you have power. 
God has given you this power. It is with God's help that you will not, he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. And with that, you can escape and endure it. And in so escaping, become stronger and more usable by your God to further his will and his glory with your life. And that should be our goal. Okay, guys. Woo. <coughs> Didn't mean to get all preachery on you. Um, yeah, that's, that's what I have. Hopefully that answers your question on uh, temptation. So, um, our next episode will be our 70th episode when the wife, Monica Dent, will come back on. And I hope you guys, um, enjoyed it. Um, yeah, let me go ahead and pray for us. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, I just pray that, um, everything I had to say was clear, that it was edifying to you, Lord, and that it, it touched someone and was helpful in some way to someone. Lord, I pray for people that they would not be tempted, know they are not alone, and that you are sovereign, and that you are with us, and that you do not forsake us. Lord, I love you. Amen. Okay, guys, catch you later.